If you have your Old Testament with you, please join me in the scripture reading, which is found in Isaiah 64, and we will read verses 1 through 9. Isaiah 64, verses 1 through 9. I want to give you a little setup of why Isaiah and why Isaiah and the Lord and the people of Israel are, are even having this conversation in chapter 64. It is, it is believed by many biblical scholars that by the time chapter 64 is written, the people of, of Israel are actually captive out in Babylon. They are not experiencing the wealth and health and, and power that they used to in their own land. But because of their disobedience now, they are, they find themselves as strangers. They find themselves as foreigners. They find themselves forced to be in a land that they're not welcome, that they're resented, that they're just not liked. And I don't know if you have had that experience of being in a new place of that nature, that you just are a pure stranger to the whole situation. And if you perceive the looks of rejection, the looks of superiority, the looks of not being welcomed, you may have said something like this as they cried out in Isaiah 64. Verse 1, oh, that you would burst from the heavens and come down. How the mountains would quake in your presence. As fire causes wood to burn and water to boil, your coming would make the nations tremble. Then your enemies would learn the reasons for your fame. When you came down long ago, you did awesome deeds beyond our highest expectations. And, how, and oh, how the mountains quaked at that time. Since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for, whose, for those who wait for him. You welcome those who gladly do good, who follow godly ways. But you have been very angry with us, for we are not godly. We are constant sinners. How can people like us be saved? We're all infected with impure thoughts of sin. We display our righteous deeds. They're nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sin sweeps us away like the wind. Yet no one calls on your name or pleads with you for mercy. Therefore, you have turned away from us and turned us over to our sins. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are formed by your hand. Do not be so angry with us, Lord. Please don't remember our sins forever. Look at us, we pray, and see that we are all people. Your holy cities are destroyed. Zion is in wilderness 
Yes, Jerusalem is in desolate ruins. The word of the Lord. Obviously a lament, a cry of just not finding themselves in the right place. A cry of the people of God as strangers, as slaves, as aliens in Babylon, suffering humiliation and prejudices. The second scripture reading which we have for this morning is a dark contrast. It's a very different experience of strangers and aliens. Let's listen to it. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. That night there were there shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news They will bring great joy to all peoples. Don't be afraid. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of God. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angels uh, was joined by a vast host of other angels, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is well pleased. The the word of the Lord. Both experiences very different. Both experiences very different. The one experienced by the people of Israel as they were taken captive, as they were taken captive from their land, and now they are slaves in somebody else's land, and now they are forced to do things and to be, and to be like they are not accustomed to. I'm sure the food was different. I'm sure the housing styles may have been different. I'm sure the music was different. The language was actually different. And they were having a hard time at it. Yet they were strangers. And they were aliens in Babylon. In this other reading in the New Testament, I find a different situation with strangers and aliens. Actually, there had been a period where strangers and aliens of this nature, I'm talking about angels, did not show up and hung around people. Between the last verses in the Old Testament and the first verses in the book of Matthew, there is what theologians call the 400 years of silence, where we have no written, no narrative of God revealing God's self in any way, shape, or form to people. The 400 years of silence is called. And that silence is broken in Jerusalem. Not in this event that we read, but in an event that happened some weeks and some months before when Gabriel, a stranger and alien. Listen, if angels are not strangers and aliens to you, what is it? Me, really? First of all, they don't seem to look like the way we have them with wings like that. Uh, i never seen one. I know people who claim to have seen them. And they are not short like me. They tend to be tall. 
They tend to have power oozing all around them. And people react with fear. Obviously, they haven't seen anything like that before. So it showed up. For 400 years, God wasn't showing up himself. And suddenly, in the temple of, of Israel, in Jerusalem, when Zechariah, the father of who? John the Baptist. Zechariah, the father of who? Interactive. The father of who? John the Baptist is doing his thing in the temple and suddenly the angel Gabriel shows up and tells him, your, uh, your prayers have been heard, by the way. And you're going to have a child. <laughs> he didn't believe it. That's me. Pray for me because if an angel shows up around your pastor, he better have the vision to realize. So pray for me. Yeah. And he discarded the whole story. In, in what happened? He had to swallow his tongue for her until the baby was born. Because of his unbelief. But why was he? Because it didn't happen. It just didn't happen. For 400 years, God was not, had not shown God's self at all in any way, shape, or form. And suddenly God shows up with strangers and aliens walking on the land. Telling people things that uh, no ear had heard before. That an old couple are going to have a baby? And yes, they had the baby. It was John the Baptist. Months after that, suddenly these shepherds are in the field, as our story said, and strangers and aliens showed up with an even stranger message. What? King of who? Messiah of what? Was it by accident that the message of strangers and aliens, was it by accident? You see, because the Old Testament teaches an ethics on how to deal with strangers and, and, and aliens. It was always throughout the Old Testament that the prophets reminded the people of Israel that they were strangers and aliens at one time. That they themselves were actually strangers and aliens. You must not oppress foreigners, you know. What it is like to be a foreigner. Because you yourself were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. And that is reminded over and over again in Deuteronomy, in Jeremiah, in Isaiah. We see it in Zechariah. We see it in all those scriptures that don't offend the foreigner. Because once you were a foreigner and now they're experiencing again the foreign life in Babylon. As they're oppressed, as they are being treated unjustly as they are being rejected as they are being ignored just for economic value Calvin used to think by the way Calvin is John Calvin a I won't travel. I'll stay here. Let's try that. So, so uh, 
Calvin really believed that the whole idea of us thinking about us being foreigners and strangers because we were also in Egypt, well, he relates that to the symbolism of us being enslaved to sin. Egypt is always a symbol, a, a representation of our state of sin, of our state of depravity, of our state of needing deliverance from God. So yes, we were in Egypt, those of us who are here in Light of Hope. We were enslaved, if not yet still enslaved to stuff. And thus, we should then treat the foreigner the alien, as Hebrews says, treat them nice because uh, those of you who have dealt with foreigners and aliens and strangers in your house, you have actually, you have actually ministered to angels. And we don't know. And we just don't know. In our New Testament text, it describes that the aliens and strangers were shown, that came about, oh, they came about with good news. They came about with excellent news. These were not foreigners and strangers who were oppressed. These were not foreigners and strangers who were experiencing injustice. They had a message. These foreigners and strangers had a wonderful message, had a joyful message of good news. They had a message of joy. They had a message of peace for the people. They had a message of love, and they had a message of hope. They had a message of, of, of that we were now going to become a family. That though in olden days we were divided and segregated and, and, and scorned and criticized, we are now going to live in a land, in a kingdom of unity, of hope, of peace and oneness. Angels in this case were carrying a good positive message. Angels in this place, the strangers and aliens in this moment, they are actually moving forward with a message of reconciliation. Show your love to the aliens, says the Old Testament, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. When Jesus lived, he lived in a very polarized society. Listen to this. The Pharisees hated the Sadducees. The Sadducees hated the Zealots. The Zealots hated the Ishkarit. The Ishkarit hated the Herodonians. And by the way, this was just among the Jews. This was just among the Jews. Because then the Jews hated the Romans, and the Romans hated everybody else. Polarized society? It sounds like Marietta. <laughs> just that I wonder who are the Pharisees and who are the Sadducees in the area, who are the Zealots and who are the Ishkarits, who are the Jews and who are the Romans. But one thing, these angels... When they showed up in Israel, they had one message. They had the message of bringing us together. They had a message that we belong together. That yes, we are strangers in this land and we're aliens in this land because we now belong to the family of God. And not to the family of humanity which figures out every single way of dividing. Even us with the pride of my old six last names. It's all the idea of segregating and separating myself from the one that doesn't have the same six. Pure vanity. Edwin, Giovanni, Gonzalez, Gertz, Orlandi, Orlandi. La, la, la. We belong together. Strangers and aliens in this land, 
We belong together. For the gospel, the gospel is interpreted by Paul by understanding there is no longer Jews or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. For we are one in Christ Jesus. There is no longer Hispanics or blacks or whites or rich and poor, male and female, weirdos and not so weirdos. For we are one in Christ Jesus. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. Is that the one that's up there? For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people, one family. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separates us. When we are all in Jesus Christ, it's when we realize that we are all aliens and strangers in a kingdom. May I see the hands of aliens and strangers walking this earth. Even though we're here, we don't belong here, Jesus says. But we're here for a purpose. We are here to put down the negativity and bring up unity. To tell others, you belong to my family, even though I like to keep you as a faraway cousin. (laughs) But you belong to the same family of Jesus. You belong to the family that's called the Church of Christ. We are called to seek and celebrate, yes, as we have it up front, to seek and celebrate our diversity through unity. In our Lord Jesus Christ, who brings us together from many different areas, from many different languages, from many different ways of living, from different generations, different economic lifestyles. To one place and try to hang out together and witness to the world that Jesus Christ is Lord. He who brings us together as one body, as one church, as one family made up of strangers and aliens, people who are different, but uniquely gifted. Let me ask you this question. How far do you think it is between here where we're sitting to the nearest jail? Mm -hmm. How far do you think it is from where we're sitting right here to the nearest gathering of homeless trying to huddle and keep warm this morning? How far do you think it is between here in our building and those who need Jesus? It's not four miles to the jail. It's not two blocks, half a block to the homeless. It's not even that far. You know how far it is? Just across the table. Just across the table. You see, because if we are in Christ, and Christ is our peace, when Christ is our peace, then the entire gamma of humanity is just across the table. As we invite them, and as we invite you this morning to come to the table. 